Today on the podcast, we have Richard Patey, who is a, an endurance coach and ultra runner in Orangeville, Ontario. Yes, and he was my first coach that I ever had in running, I guess. He coached me in my first marathon. What, how many years ago was that? It's a long time ago. We'll Eight, find out. 18 years ago? Yeah, maybe he knows better than me. And he also coached me in my Ironman, That's which right. was 2012. So it's been 18 years that I've that we've known him, but we're going to get to know how it all started. That's right. Okay. Coming up. Welcome to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Discover the inspiring stories of the average and not-so-average runners. And they're off. Welcome, no, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Hey, it's great to be on. It's great. Thanks for uh, inviting me. Absolutely. Do you have a drink? I don't because I literally... I uh, just got in the door from coaching and uh, I got Clark set up making dinner downstairs and I rushed upstairs so I could talk to you guys. So uh, I haven't even been able to end my day and grab a drink, which I will do most definitely right after this. Oh, well, we'll try not to keep you too long then. <laughs> <laughs> so do you remember how we met? Oh boy. Are we going back to learn to run like... 15 or 16, I think 18, 18, 18 years, years ago, ago. <laughs> 18 yeah. years ago, did you do my learn to run way back then? We didn't do your learn, oh, to I know run. You did, but you, like, how did you get involved with my learn to run? Like, how did we, how, I can't even remember how that all transpired. So we were new to town. And yeah. we, well, Norm was already running and I think I had just started. So we were, welcome, no, uh, welcome, I'm, welcome to the podcast. Hey, it's great to be on. It's great. Thanks for uh, inviting me. Absolutely. Do you have a drink? I don't because I literally uh, just got in the door from coaching and uh, I got Clark set up making dinner downstairs and I rushed upstairs so I could talk to you guys. So uh, I haven't even been able to end my day and grab a drink, which I will do most definitely right after this. Oh, well, we'll try not to keep you too long then. <laughs> <laughs> so do you remember how we met? Oh, boy. Are we going back to learn to run like 15 or 16, I think 18, 18, 18 years ago. Years ago. <laughs> 18 yeah. years ago. Did you learn to run? Did you do my learn to run way back then? We didn't do your learn oh, to I run. You but you, like, how did you get involved with my learn to run? Like, how did we, how, I can't even remember how that all transpired. So we were new to town. Yeah. And yeah. we, well, Norm was already running and I think I had just started. So we were looking for, you know, a group or to find out if there was any kind of action happening in town. And we didn't take yeah. the clinic because we were both past the 5K level at that point. Yeah. But I think we did the summer solstice that year because oh my gosh, you, which is, yes. Yeah, you guys which were involved every with that. Every year was like 6,000 degrees, which I'm trying to think. So that would have been June every year. And uh, yeah, the, I, I still say one of the hardest 5K uh, races you could probably do it. I love that we did a six-week learn-to-run clinic into this, you know, run uphill for a kilometer and then climb a cliff. And then, oh, you know, then an easy 4K after that. Um, it, it went but, up the switchbacks, uh, didn't it? It did go up the switchback, yeah. Yeah, I used to always stay at the top. I'm like, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> so, but, uh, well, yeah. No, it, uh, I actually it saw time. an ad in the, the local newspaper with you saying, do you want to learn how to run a marathon or do you want to need coaching in a marathon? And that's how I got in contact with you specifically. Uh, a newspaper? Did we do it? Was it in the hills? In the, yeah, hills. the banner or Way something back. like that. Yeah, yeah and I, I, called, I called you up and said, yeah, I want to learn a marathon or run a marathon. You said, okay, let's do it. And that's how we connected 18 years ago. <laughs> and how long ago now is it that you did death rates oh uh the death rate the canadian death race was 2005 
Same year as New York? Yes. 2005. Same year as New York Marathon. Because I, I, remember, I remember when we were working through some of the knee issues. Was it knees? And things like that back then. Trying IT to get problems. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, no, I mean, it's funny. A lot of people will ask me, you know, uh, how long have you been in Orangeville? And it's funny. I, I, I still consider myself, you know, that my hometown is Midland, but it's funny. I've actually now been in Orangeville longer than I was in Midland, which is kind of weird to say that we've been here now. Uh, we're, this is going into our 20th year being in Orangeville. And, uh, it's, it, it seems like, Oh yeah, we just, we just moved to Orangeville. <laughs> and no, no, we didn't just move to Orangeville. We've been here for a really, really long time now. So, um, so yeah, it feels like home and, you know, we've situated ourselves, I think in one of the, greatest areas there are for trail running and it's Absolutely. funny that you know we moved here before i was i always loved the trails but we moved here before i was truly a trail runner awesome so let's go back in time how did it all start running for you actually so the the so way back so in 1988 i was 13 years old and the I was out on my bike and this stream of runners go by and I'm like what's going on so I had my mom look into it and she says well there's a half marathon in your in the hometown and um and so I was like okay that's kind of cool like all these people running down the road they had the the roads closed I'm like you know I I wasn't a I I played basketball I played volleyball I played every sport I learned very early on in elementary school that if you're on a school team you got a day off school and so I played every sport I mean I was on everything you know when you got badges for being on a team like I have a blanket full of badges um and so but for some reason like I don't know why running just like that thing watching people going down doing their own thing it clicked with me I and I thought I want to do that and I think I think it was the adventure of it. I think, and it's funny because I was actually thinking on the way home today, like that's still what drives me is the adventure and which will always drive me in all these things, crazy things that I've done since then. So the next year rolls around, totally forget about it. It's coming up and I said to my mom, hey, that run thing, when does that, you know, when does that uh, happen? And so my mom goes to the YMCA and she finds out it's on it's the last weekend in April and it's literally a week away. So my mom and I, being the brilliant training people that we were back then, and of course in 1988, there's tons of literature on how to prepare a 14-year-old for a half marathon um, <laughs> with zero background in running. And I mean, I zero. Like I was cross-country running because again, wanted to be on the cross-country running team to get the days off school. I was coming middle of the pack. Um, track and field, I wasn't making the team. And if I was, I guess that was moving into grade nine. I was just making it, you know, past re the regional level, like at, maybe out of your town, maybe to what was ours was GDSSA, uh, but definitely not awesome bound or anything like that. And so my mom's like, Hey, we'll run the first half of, you know, the first 10 and a half K on Tuesday. We'll run the other 10 and a half K on Thursday. And then you know the whole course and you can just go run it on Sunday. And so that's what we did. We went out and I ran it and it's funny. I look back on it now. It is one of the hilliest half marathons. I mean, I've run that race since that day. Think over 25 times. Yeah, I was going to ask times. you that if you kept trying to better your time throughout the years, kind of thing. I think I won it 25, 24 <laughs> times. That. Yeah. You and won the it 24 thing is they times? Give you, yeah, I think I, I, they give you a little, uh, the guy who put it on, which had, he had this little meat packing company. And so the prize was like these awesome steaks and these awesome like chicken breasts, but they were like unbelievable, like, like a hundred dollars worth of meat. And you get these boxes of meat. It's called the Meatland Half Marathon. And so I remember you always, we always walk at home and my friends, and eventually always keep inviting more and more friends as the years goes along. And we'd all be walking home with our boxes of, of meat from, you know, placing whatever place we came in. Like fifth place still got a big basket of oranges. I, we always laughed. You didn't want to be fifth to get the oranges. But anyway, the, that race, I did really well. Like I look back on that time now and just go, okay, that's crazy how fast I ran really off of genetics. 
and being an active kid, really. I mean, I was a super active kid, but me, my primary sports was skiing and sailing or well, windsurfing at the time. Uh, those are my primary sports before then. Um, okay, then and by, so at downtown cross country. Then I can understand how you can do that at age 14 years old if skiing was your background. Because downhill skiing, though. The key thing oh, is downhill, downhill. skiing. Not- oh, so, so if the marathon was a downhill, you're good. <laughs> yeah. And then it was actually at that race that there was a brochure for a triathlon that was going to be in June. And so then literally two months later, you, my sister and I, we taught ourselves how to swim. We, my mom, which she's just incredible, went out and bought us road bikes and we had road bikes for the race and we went out and like, I remember Kim got, I got the clipless pedals, but Kim got the aero bars, which aero bars in 1990, which was 1989, aero bars were really cool. Like if you had aero bars, like you were, <laughs> you were the most person going. Um, okay, yeah, so hold on. Let, let's, no, ba- let's back up here. Let's, I have to explain this to our three listeners from South America. <laughs> let's explain. Where did you grow up again? Minden? Midland. Midland? Midland. Okay, so Midland is about what? Three hours from Toronto about? Uh, no, two hours. Two hours. Okay, so it's two hours from Toronto, and it's considered a hockey town. Is that right? There's, oh, outdoor, sure. there's outdoor hockey rinks everywhere. And did you play hockey growing up? Was that? No, I was a downhill skier. <laughs> I, was an outsider. I, so, I started early being an outsider. So this is interesting. All your friends are playing hockey, and you said, forget that bullshit. You said, I'm going to go into running. That is what you're, yeah. you're going for. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was a 14-year-old kid running around in spandex because that was the cool thing to do at the time, <laughs> you know, for runners. So, in a small town, northern, northern Ontario, yeah. So at the end of the marathon, you see this brochure. Did you, did you know what a triathlon was? It's a good question. I think around oh, wait, that... Before you answer that question, we're going to take a, a sponsor break. This episode is sponsored by Running Free, your one-stop shop for adventure. Need new running shoes? Their staff will fit you with the best shoe for your foot type. You'll want to run to your next start line. Visit them online at runningfree.com or in person at their Markham and Orangeville locations. So, did you know what a triathlon was when you picked up this brochure? I think, if my memory serves me correctly, I think actually that was around the time that NBC, and I gotta remember which year it was, was when... NBC was doing their Ironman coverage. So I think I remember seeing Mark Allen and Julie Moss, her famous crawl. Like I, I'm thinking the timing was around those same years. So I think I had seen that on TV, which might have been what spurred me. Like I'm trying to remember what was the real, like I remember watching Nice triathlon on TV once. Um, so I had seen something prior to doing my first one. Because I definitely know we knew what it was about. And it wasn't really new sport and being, you know, it was, was growing really, really quickly at the time. I always say the way ultra running is right now was really the, how ultra running really over the last sort of five years has really boomed is kind of like what I grew up in in triathlon was it was pretty grassroots when we first started, but yeah. then over my career, it's turned into the biggest monster in the world from endurance sports. So yeah, we we got the brochure and two months later went and did a fifteen hundred meter swim, forty five k bike, and you know, an wow. easy at that point twelve k run. <laughs> I think of it now. I was like, what were you thinking? So and shockingly, the run really didn't go well because of course I went way too hard on the swim and the bike. But I think, you know, I think I went three hours and 15 minutes my sister beat me which she is very proud of to this day she <laughs> tells everybody that she, she the one and only time she beat me but i think i won that race six years later or five years later in one hour and 49 wow. minutes wow so, so, so yeah 315 was a really long day you're a quick learner <laughs> so when you finished your first triathlon that was it. You're hooked. This is it. This is my sport. So it was interesting because, of course, the triathlon didn't go super well. Yet I thought absolutely. So I think the next year, I think we did the Relia triathlon, which a lot of people know of if they've done triathlon. It was one of the original ones. And then, um, but I think my sister and I still did a lot of running. So 
we we did bread and honey i think was mm. our uh next road race that we did uh, and i've never done it since actually funny enough um <laughs> we did which was an amazing 15k and then we did um every year for a few years we did the point it was called Point to point. It was the National Ballet put on a 10K downtown Toronto at the hum- Hummingbird Center. And we would do it. It went like up Young Street, across something, down something, and back into uh, into like front or whatever. Um, so it was a it was a huge uh, uh, fundraiser for the National Ballet. And it was my mom was really part of the National Ballet, loved, always had season tickets. So we would go down there and run that 10K every so we did sort of a lot of road races and did some uh, then and started doing triathlon and it wasn't till I would say 92 was when I really got the bug and started going off and training training for triathlon yeah because I was going to ask you because because our winters are basically seven months the time you have to actually go to an event you're looking at a four month window of opportunity so basically, well, if you look at triathlon now, triathlons now is a twelve-month sport, right? People travel around the world; they go everywhere. Like my clients will go absolutely everywhere for but a race. When you're growing up, what, then, what did you have? Yeah, we well, we didn't have we didn't even have things to ride our bikes in the winter. Like there, there was no <laughs> riding your bike in the winter. Um, so so that seven months out of the year, you're just strictly training for the next season. A person who lived down the road was Angela Schmidt Foster, who was a did triathlons in the summer to stay in shape. And she was a four, I'm going to get in trouble here, four or five times Olympian for cross country skiing. And uh, so we trained a ton together. So here I am, this young uh, teenage boy with this, you know, multi-year or multi-time Olympian. I used to go cross country skiing with her all the time. I looked up to her so, so much. And she actually was probably what I consider my first coach. Uh, She really taught me a lot about uh, how to train, uh, how to eat properly. um, And how it's all coming together. (laughs) Very cool. So that's 15 till, so really about 15 or 16 years of age, I started getting serious into it. And then I tried to make my first, and actually, yeah, in 92, I went to my first world championships, which was in Muskoka. And I got on that team more because we lived in Ontario than making the national team. Uh, but it gave me that first taste of, okay, this is, this is the big, this is, this is big racing. Um, and all the people in the magazines were there. And I met a lot of the juniors that made the national team. And then, you know, I got hooked and I think that was my first year. I went down and did a winter camp. We went training in Austin, Texas, oh. um, and met Barry Shepley and uh and we started uh and we started the training process of uh, building towards my first true uh national team so you were still 19 years old at this time 17 and then the eight my 18th year was the world championships would be in manchester england uh and our national championships were in welland that was my first national championships and i missed my spot by literally a length of i think about five meters I think I came, I came seventh in that race and they only took the top six, you know, just missed out. And I spent the whole year leading up to what would have been 1994. I spent the whole year with the date of what junior nationals was on my wall. That's all I cared about. A lot of things got, I lost athlete of the year at high school because I refused to be on the track team. We felt the track team was hurting my triathlon training. Wow, I lost a lot of things because that's <laughs> all I cared about. I had one of the greatest races of my life in 1994 and made uh, the team and got to go to New Zealand for my first world championships. It was really cool. Wow. And then, guy that was on the team uh for all the ultra runners out there might know that my one of my teammates was rob Carr. who <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic so then after yeah. that you uh went to college was that or you still training and still racing through college years so 1995 i took the whole year off because i was 19 and i i I went pro after my junior career turning 20. So I took a year off to race professionally. And uh, then in September of 90, that been September 
95. <clears throat> I, I then uh, went to Western for uh, uh, kinesiology and uh, psychology. Excellent. With the intent to get into coaching or did that sort of evolve from? Totally no. So why? So, I mean, truly uh, in high school, took kin, grade 13. It was my favorite course. I didn't really love anything else in high school. It was my favorite course uh, when I took it. And so I'm like, so I'm going to take it in university. And then psychology, I was always interested in how the mind worked and how that would play into my into my training. I was still like, I was still the athlete. I hadn't even considered life after, after athletics. And it wouldn't be until 2000 or sorry, 1997, 98, that coaching really became more of a something that I wanted to do. I just started realizing that with all the knowledge I had by then, that I started wanting to share my knowledge and that everyone used to joke that I was always, they'd always say to me, you're spending more time on a bike ride worrying about everyone else and not worrying so much about yourself. And so I got told quite often, maybe I should just focus on myself a little bit more, <laughs> which I was never very good at. So is that when Healthy Results came around or is that much later? Yeah, I, I actually registered the name Healthy Results in, in 1998. We used to build programs up on Excel files and uh, send them out to our clients via email. And uh, yeah, I mean, at the time, I think there were five of us doing it, you know, as a job um, in all of Ontario and probably only a handful in Canada, very few people in North America, like there was very few people doing it. And then after, you know, I was still chasing Olympic points at that time. It was a very far-fetched dream. Um, and when the reality around 99 came around where I knew I was not going to make that kind of level of competing, I really made the shift to, I jumped to Ironman training, but I really made the shift to triathlon was now an activity I did, uh, although I did it at a high level, and that I was now going to make my money actually working and coaching. And so that's when really the coaching aspect of my, my life really took over. So how many years have you dedicated to the tri-world? I mean, triathlon started in in what is that 89 so what am i at 31 years is that right yeah so 31 years <laughs> wow. now wow that's and, incredible and during all those races and everything so you've been obviously everyone every triathlete tries to strive to get to kona would you say that's a fair yeah well i think i think if they once they get to that level if they get the ironman bug getting harder and harder for the everyday person to get to kona yeah i think i think if you are you, you need to be a very, very strong athlete to get to Kona. You know, you don't just wake up one day and say, you know, I'll have clients come to me and say, my dream is to go to Kona. Well, I have a checklist that we go through to, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't dream for people. I, you know, I will, I will take their goals and help them reach their goals, but you have to have a certain amount of genetics before you can just train that person to get there. And you've been but to, I, Kona, yes, you've been to Kona how many times? I went as a professional in 2002 and then as a age grouper in 2009 and as an age grouper in 2014. So of all these races you've done, give us some really exciting stories you can tell us. Something that just pops in the top of your head about that was exciting or something that crazy happened during one of your races. I, I'm, I'm going to get, hold on. I'm going to get to your, your accident. It's coming up, but besides the accident. Yeah, yeah, okay, we'll leave that give us, one out. Give us some good stories uh, first. <laughs> so the second year of the half marathon, so the Meatland half marathon, so I'm now really, I mean, I'm an, I'm an expert now. I'm now 15. I think I trained for a week this or two weeks this time, but I made the silly mistake of playing flag football with my friends the day before. We didn't quite grasp the, the idea of taper. So I think I played like six hours of flag football the day before. Shockingly, race morning, I was a little tired. Um, I was so delirious at 14K, I walked into a gas station and I called my parents to come pick me up. And my parents said, no. And so I then walked and I, I think I added like, I, I, I want to say I added like 45 minutes to the time I did the year before and I was demoralized. So did you have a quarter my, in your my, pocket or did you ask them to use the phone? <laughs> so I literally walked right into the shop and I'm like, I, I need, I got to hit the like, you know, this kid in spandex shorts and, you know, 
top and I think I was wearing a cycling out like the outfit was just awesome um yeah and, and my parents but the best was my my mom's like no finish my mom's anyone that meets my mom they know she, there's no way she's letting me quit not a chance but fun stories trying to think off the top of my head you know we've had um some interesting ones you know we we had a trap on one dime where we came over a hill in a group there were a bunch of cows on the course and it was, oh, i know all about cows <laughs> there's about there was this you know a solid you know two or three k where we were ripping along and those cows can keep up with you like they did not want to let us go um and they kept following us and running down the road so that, that was pretty entertaining there is my infamous race where tsn was covering the race i want to say it was in this must be 97 98 so tsn was covering the race and i'll leave the person's name out but i led to the first buoy the swim i made the turn and as i made the turn he was on the outside of me and he swam right over top of me. And I thought, well, that's not very nice. <laughs> so when he went by me, I grabbed onto his ankle and I gave myself a little tug back up beside him. And he really didn't like that I had tugged on his ankle. So he then punched my shoulder. And with that, I grabbed onto his shoulder and pushed myself forward. And then I took a breath to the right. And there's the camera crew and they're sitting in their little boat and they're just laughing as they've got this footage of these two guys fighting in the lead. <laughs> of course, then this is in Guelph and we get to the beach and we're running up the hill and we're, we're bickering back and forth in true fashion. They, they edited it beautiful. So we just look like absolute idiots. And actually, <laughs> in fact, we were, um, but it was, it was quite an entertaining race because we went back and forth and he got ahead on the bike and the camera guy says, aren't you worried about the fact he's going to get away from you? And I said, well, he can't run. So I'll catch him then. <laughs> And then I thought, oh, God, I better catch him because I've just been really cocky. And it was a, an interesting experience. And, and who says that triathlon is not a contact sport? <laughs> there you go. The, the World Cup races I did were probably some of the most, I think even high school wrestling didn't even come close to <laughs> some of the things I competed in in World Cup racing. You have two kids that are both athletes in their own right. Are you guys going to encourage them? to become triathletes? Because I know they're both very involved in swimming. I'm just curious to know if you would, you know, lead them down that path. So everyone thinks we got them into swimming because of course my background, it actually didn't happen that way at all. Um, because I actually, of all the sports, I hated competitive swimming. Like it was my least favorite thing as I now spend, you know, 25 hours a week coaching competitive swimming and I love it to death I love coaching it by the time I wasn't I wasn't a good competitive swimmer I started really late because I didn't really start swimming until I was 15 like I really didn't swim when I did my first triathlon so my kids I we put them into a program that the otters have called skills and we put it in because we were tired of lessons that didn't really work we, I can say that now because I'm one of those coaches, we've organized it so that skills is right beside the competitive juniors. And so the kids that are learning skills see, oh, what's that they're doing over there? And so, you know, inevitably my kids got talked into joining junior competitive swimming. It just took mm -hmm. off and they loved every minute of it and they've never wanted to do anything but that ever since. So it's really been their own thing that we accidentally instigated. But triathlon, they've, all, they've both done triathlon. To some have enjoyed it. Uh, they've both done running races. Actually, during COVID, they both discovered the trails here at the back door. And so they've uh, learned that they actually quite enjoy doing a trail run, although Elizabeth doesn't like running during the day uh, because there's too many people walking on the hills and she refuses to walk up some of those hills on Glen Cross when uh, there's, a, there, there's people hiking there. So she, has, she says, well, then I have to run. So she, she likes to run a little earlier so that she gets out before all the hikers do. That doesn't sound like so, Heather yeah, at all. I, yeah, no. To answer your question, I, 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 they might find it, you know, because they've, they've lived and been all over the world watching races, but definitely there's no pressure from our end. I would never push them into the sport. Um, I think they would 
it's a great sport for them later on in life. If it's something they want, they will never do it competitively. Like they won't race in the junior ranks and stuff like that. Those days have sailed. Um, but I think that they might find it as they go to university and as swimming winds down for them, maybe that's something they fall into. Um, I don't know. Yeah. My my philosophy, having been a very high performance and very one focused person, um, is that if you want to be an Olympian, if you want to be a really good triathlete, that's awesome. But if you're doing it just for fun, I really encourage balance. And so for them, all I care about is that they have good balance. And so right. if they've got some kind of former ex- if they have some kind of exercise that they love to do, that's mm-hmm. all I really care about. Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, give us a like and follow our social media. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can find all that at gotterunracing.com. And follow The Ultra Norm and Shark Runner 17 on Instagram for exciting behind the scenes stuff. Like, guess what? They're married to each other. Wild, right? Now, back to the show you had this horrific accident that happened a few years ago. That was before your last Kona attempt. Is that right? Yeah. So 2010 uh, in Welland, um, third place. I was in third place. It's actually the same weekend as the G20. So, and I say that because it was because of the G20 that this all occurred. The bike course had to be changed last minute because police officers that were going to be used for our looped course got taken away to the G20 because of the riots that were occurring there. So we had fewer cops. um, So we had to have an out and back course. The course was not really tested. And because of that, there just happened to be a busy road and some cars, it's not a fully closed course. So some cars got onto the course. And when I made the turnaround on the bike, I was on my way back. There's quite a bit of traffic, um, car traffic and athletes still going up to the turnaround. And uh, a car tried to pass a, a group of athletes um, and came over onto my side of the road, and I was in the arrow position, and my arm uh, hit their uh, mirror, and next thing I knew, I was flying through the air into the ditch. I had severe road rash. I dislocated my my arm, broke my my humerus, broke my uh, the lower part of my uh, left leg, and I was I was that's that was June. I was. July, August, September, October, November, I had surgery in, no, I couldn't have surgery until November. Yeah, they were trying to let it set. The way the injury occurred in the humerus, which was the major, major injury by that point, um, that just wasn't, they didn't want to just plate it because of the fear of uh, nerve damage. And so they were trying to let it set. Well, we later found out because of the massiveness of the impact, the tissue was all wrapped around the bone. So while you looked at an x-ray, it looked like they were perfectly aligned. Uh, The two bones couldn't see each other because they were wrapped in fascia and and muscle. And so um, it wasn't until they got in there. So once it got plated, it was then January when I could actually do something of 2011. And... During all that time, I sort of looked at it and said, you know, I still want to do triathlon. And at the time, I was 30, what would I have been there, 36 years old. And so I built myself a four-year program back to Kona. And my goal was, it was a cheesy saying of being fast at 40. Um, And so my goal was to get back to Kona, do well at Kona, and then end my triathlon career there. It was a process. In 2012, I won the multi-sport series, raced against someone you know that most people know, Cody Beals, who's gone on to do amazing things. He and I had an amazing duel that year where it literally came down to the last race where I beat him to win the series. Um, and then 2013, I used Arizona as my qualifying race. Um, so went out and it was almost under nine hours. My goal was to be under nine hours. I really struggled with the last 5K of the race. Literally, I come in and win my age category, but literally with three spots in my age category for Kona, third place was only like four minutes behind me. So wow. it was very close. I had friends already that bought tickets to go to Hawaii. <laughs> and so they were like, oh, you're going to make it. No problem. And it was like, I was running and they were giving me updates and, and they're, I'm like, oh my God, they're like right there. Yeah, and got to go to Kona, had a great day, had a great experience there. Um, and it was just perfect, great way to end um, really, you know, what would have been at the time, you know, 
what would that, I can't even do the math quickly, but you know, 24, 25 years of, uh, of great racing. Just the um, fact that you're and, able to bounce back the way you did and, and, and you still had a goal and you, you, you put yourself through the training. That says a lot. That says a lot about your character saying it's not over until you say it's over. <laughs> Is that right? I sometimes, I sometimes wish I had the knowledge I have, what I had, the knowledge I had in 2012 to 2014 and what I've carried on with all the racing I've done now, I wish I had when I was younger. I mean, it's cliche to say it because of course you wish you had the knowledge at the end that you had at the beginning, but I made so many mistakes when I was younger. <laughs> um, and now like based on my age, like I'm still racing really well for my age, but you know, I don't do half of what I used to do. I just wish I could have cleaned up my training when I was younger and just, you know, the, the, the things I've learned because of coaching everybody else has really helped my own training. Um, we're as a common theme throughout our podcast, when we're speaking to people who've done triathlon, we find it fascinating for people that have done triathlon to then transition into ultra running because in our minds the sports could not be further polarized yet there are so many people that start in triathlon and end up in ultra running like yourself number one what's the reason that you did and number two why do you think that is a natural transition for a lot of people first off i think i think for the, a lot of people the reason why they did the marathon and the marathon boom, the reason why they did the Ironman and the Ironman boom, and then the reason why I think we're going to see people really going in to do their 50K, their 80K, their, their, 80K, their 100K, their 100 miler, I think is they're looking for that adventure, that next thing. And that next thing, because you know the stickers on the back of the car are already starting to fill up, and the next thing is, is the long distance run one. Um, you know, marathon no longer is you know, the it thing anymore. Um, and so I think that's where, you know, nowadays, I think that's why people are transitioning more to the ultra for me, it's a little different because actually what year was it? I mean, I, I did a bunch of trail running back in the day. I mean, I did a 25 K damn tough, rough bluff, um, mm -hmm. in Owen Sound. Um, I think I still have the course record there from, I want to say it was like maybe 2000, 2001. Wow. Um, it was a great challenging of Rocky, uh, 25 K run. So I, I learned long ago. I remember. So actually the first time I was 2000, first time I moved to Orangeville, uh, my sister, I had to run a 21 K run. You know where my sister sent me to Tom East and I went up the stick to the top. I did Snell. I, no, I went all the way to the top to Dunby, back down, did Snell, did Glen Cross, did Tom East. And I, yeah, so for a kid that was running flat at the time, and we were only training really flat to do that run, but I loved that. Like that kind of stuff was really interesting. When I was at Western, I always looked to run the trails. There's all kinds of little sneaky trails along the Thames. I always wanted to get off the pavement trail and into those fun trails. So I always had a fascination with the trails, but triathlon was still my thing at the time. Mm. So the transition went in 2014 was I need something. So I actually didn't jump right out of triathlon. I did do Xterra a little bit, which is just off-road triathlon. But then I made the transition uh, where I did North Face uh, 50 um, and then on to do Bromont 80 and then Bryce 80. And the, the, the whole reason for it was I wanted a challenge. And that's mm -hmm. always been my thing right back to the, to the 21 K back in, in 89 is I want that adventure. I want that challenge. And that's, it, it has to, it has to resonate with me. And so I'm still struggling with the whole hundred miler thing because I haven't, it hasn't totally resonated with me. I want it to resonate with me. I, I like the 80 K um, I love the 50k and I, and I need to wrap my head around long, running longer. Um, I'm not, well, if a you want, if you want I'm a, a runner, challenge and I need to know, I if you want a challenge running at night for six, seven hours is a challenge in itself. <laughs> you get afraid of your own shadow. <laughs> well, and I, I, you know, Bromont was an, it was an interesting experience for that because it started at 3am. So, okay. so we were, we were five hours in the dark running through some really gnarly stuff. Uh, I was really glad that I had a really good headlamp, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm all in for the adventure. I just know that my body right now is not completely ready for it to do it the way 
I want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I have people that have done tons of them say to me, oh, you'd be fine. And I know I'd be fine. I know I can do it, but I want to do it my way. Of course. So what were you training for for 2020? And what did you end up kind of doing as a result of not being able to race? Did you have find anything to challenge yourself? Yeah. So I was I, I started off 2020 gearing up for working on some speed because I, I wanted to see if I could do a really fast 50k trail run. And then um, and I was sort of looking at going back and trying to better my time at uh, Pick Your Poison that I won in 20 in 2019. I, I was looking at that race as maybe something to, to really focus on to go fast and then transition. My my goal was actually to do I'm going to say it wrong, but is it is it UT UTHC? Is that right? Oh, Harikana, Harikana. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I was going to do the 125, and I'd heard all about it and the horror stories of it and how technical it is. The technical, like the more technical the trail is, more my style. As much as I like to run, I like to run fast. Um, I actually love technical trails. I mean, obviously, you know, out the back door, I mean, my favorite trails, we call Tom East our highway. Um, I mean, that is our easiest trail around here. And we, we call it that, that's the easy trail. Everything else is, is way, way more technical and, and in my view, more fun. Like the more I have to worry about where my feet are going is, is more what I enjoy doing. I, I'd heard a lot of great things about that race. So I really wanted to take on that challenge and use that as my stepping stone to my 100 miles. So that's what I was training for. But unfortunately, I got injured in February really badly. It took a long time trying to figure out how to bring the, the inflammation down. And it was just on the medial side of my knee. Um, we were worried about meniscus, which we've now since r- ruled out. And, uh, and it was just a tendonitis. It took a really long time. I couldn't actually run until about June. And I was really probably shouldn't have been running, but I really wanted to push it to get back to running. I only really started running probably really my first really good trail run actually, now that I think about it, was actually like August, the first weekend, the long weekend of August, we went up to Halliburton Forest and Heather was going out for a two hour run. And I was like, can I join you? And she's like, well, you've only gone for like a 30 minute run. And I'm like, I'll, I'll be good. I'll be careful. (laughs) And so I joined her and I wasn't crippled afterwards and it was totally, you know, totally against everything I would say to anybody to do, but that's sort of like, okay, actually a long trail run doesn't really hurt me. So then I started building my mileage up and, uh, and got myself trying to find a new challenge. And I think you did find a new challenge that you just completed maybe last weekend. (laughs) No, it wasn't really a new challenge. It's been something that's been on my list. And so another thing that was also on my list was Killarney, which it seems like everyone in, everyone that does trail running ran this year. And I was, every time everyone would post it on Strava, I'd be so jealous <laughs> because that was my goal three years ago to do it when they were going to do the race. And that's when I had learned about the race and I'd known about the loop. I canoed in that park for years. And so I'd always wanted to hike it, but you know, then I kind of like running it. I'm like, wow, that would be incredible. And I've done silver peak a handful of times. I really wanted to, to do the full thing. And I knew that would destroy me with my injury. So that got sidelined, but I've wanted to do the whole Caledon Bruce trail section, which is 70 K I think for two years since Wade, uh, one of my friends that I run with, Wade Spears, your friend as well, since he did it and I paced him for the first 34K that time, um, I wanted to do the whole thing. And it's taken me this long to get around to doing it. And so, yeah, uh, this uh, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, saw the window with the great weather and took a shot at it. And what a great day. It was a, just a perfect day. It was awesome. And, and you did take the segment, I believe. Do you take the segment if you have to if you if you run an extra kilometer the wrong way? I did go back and, and retract my steps, but yeah, it was a you know it was a great day. I again I do everything my way, um, so I had a time goal I wanted, which taking out my extra kilometer downhill and uphill I ran in the forks of the credit, um, I hit my time goal, and uh, yeah, I was I was really happy with the run. You know, actually for seventy k. It was, and the lack of training I did, I did no back-to-back runs. I only built up to 34K. Um, I only had a handful of runs over for uh, 30K. And my mile, I think my biggest week was like 65K. Now I, I do a lot of mountain biking. So 
example, what a lot of people talk about 100K weeks. I really believe my mountain biking you know, does, does help me with that. Yeah. Um, I've never been able to do huge mileage, but I had no, my quads were fine afterwards. Um, it's not the hilliest of courses. We know the back half of that course is not super, super hilly. The, 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 it's definitely front end loaded, but uh, the, the, the hills that are there are not runnable. Bloody kilometer at, what is it? 58k in the forks of the credit you know what is it 300 and some odd steps i think i counted each one it's that's a nightmare but other than that it's a great it, you know the, the the back half of that course is really runnable i would have loved to felt a bit better during those though, that time frame i was definitely having heat problems if you can believe it november your problem would be heat um but i was actually i ended up drinking five more liters than i actually planned on wow because uh, i was over yeah, it was, it was well, bizarre. I was totally under how much fluid I was going to take in. Here's a question then, because you're, you're such a mathematician when it comes to your training and you really dial in. Given that your training wasn't what you wanted it to be, would you have had a different goal set for you if you had been training consistently from February? Like a really different goal or would it be minutes? Well, so six minute kilometer pace what I was kind of focusing on there uh, for that race is what I really wanted to hit. And I knew that that was, you know, very achievable for the first 34K through Coulihan. Um, but then it was, you know, the question would be whether my body would allow me to run fast enough on the backside where it's really runnable. Well, runnable or not runnable. I, I, that's, that's how I call the backside. It's either you're running on fairly easy terrain or it's so challenging you can't run. Um, that was my question is I, I had no clue how my body would, but I think if I had done a really build big build and that was a race, the difference would have been, I would have went out way harder. You mm -hmm. know, in the case I had, I had weight and he kept telling me, remember about the back half. Remember, you're going to want to run fast on the back half. Don't get too crazy and ahead of yourself. So if I look at back at the 80 K and Bryce, we ran uphill 800 meters at like 515 pace. You know, I think back to that now going, that was just ridiculous. Mm. Um, and I remember running up the hill with Rob Crar at, uh, at North Face thinking, I really shouldn't be beside him. And that exactly. was the year he had won with. You know, this is, I shouldn't be anywhere near him. And, you know, and rightfully so about 20K later, my body told me, yes, you shouldn't have been running beside him. Being a little undertrained is always good for me, actually. Mm. Um, you know, in races that I've done really well, there was a triathlon back in the day, back in May, and it was called um, Triple T, which is four triathlons in three days. And I'd always go into it fairly undertrained because I just, I was never a great winter trainer. So I was not as in shape, but, I always did really well because I think mm. I then I'm worried about my fitness, so I'm a little bit more cautious. Definitely, when my fitness is good, I think I, I I'm a little bit more aggressive. I'm a competitive person by nature, so I want to be at the front of the pack. If I get myself into too big a competition, um, I have a tendency to to get myself in trouble fairly mm. easily. Interesting, <clears throat> interesting. Well, thank you very much for your time. Before we get to our last little fun segment here. Uh, where can people find you on your for your website for your coaching and on social media? Anything you want to plug in there? Let us know. Well, uh, Healthy Results is my company. Um, we coach endurance athletes of all kinds, so in all sports. So whether it's ultra running, triathlon, Xterra, uh, road running, um, cycling, we we coach it all. We have uh, three coaches on staff. Um, and you can find us on uh, Facebook at, uh, at Healthy Results. Our, our social media platform is not very good. Mine is, is Coach Patey uh, on, uh, on Instagram. Uh, don't even look at us on Twitter because I don't, I don't post anything. Um, so not huge social uh, media presence, but, uh, but Healthy Results is where you can find us. So check him out at, at his website. Cool. And, and before we go into this speed round here, so have you never done a, just a marathon yet? Oh, no, I've done a bunch of marathons. I oh, did okay, Boston. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I've done a bunch that? of... No, I thought that, I thought that you yeah. did triathlon right into ultra and just forget the marathon altogether. No, my problem was I'd always throw in a marathon just for fun after my <laughs> Ironman season. So, you know, October rolled around. There's no, back in those days, there was no Ironmans going into October unless you're at Kona. I just go run the Niagara Marathon for fun. Did we ever train for them? No. Was that a really bad plan? 
But again, <laughs> I wish I knew now what I knew then. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very long beer run. That, that's what that was. <laughs> that's exactly it. All right. So we're trying this little uh, rapid fire. We got 10 questions for you. Answer them as they come. All right. They're going to okay. be silly. So, you know. Ready? Go. Got it. Butter tarts, with or without raisins? Without. Thank you. No Pick a superpower. What superpower would you want to have? Invincible brain that doesn't break down. <laughs> In, oh, got it. Favorite Christmas movie? Anything a Hallmark. Oh, oh gosh. God. Have you lost a toenail? Oh, my God. So many. <laughs> I don't think I have a toenail on my second toe in on my right foot. I, I have no idea what that is, losing a toenail. Mm. <laughs> Do you have a tattoo? No. Favorite curse word? Olympic rings are going to be the only ones and, and didn't get there, so no Olympic ring. <laughs> Favorite curse word? Oh, I don't have one. I'm when you stump your toe, what do you say? There you go. I would just say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite junk food? Ah, uh, cookies. No, cracker. No, Miss Vicky. No, what is it? Kettles, kettles, salt and vinegar chips. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Good choice. If you could travel Blue back bag. in time, what period would you go to? I think the 70s. Really? Oh, <laughs> all the way back there? <laughs> wow. Is that 1870? <laughs> 1970. <laughs> Say good day, mate, in an Australian accent. Good day, mate. Uh, need some work. <laughs> need some, some work. My <laughs> <laughs> friends won't like me for that one. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. We'll see you next Cheers. time. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Rich. Will do. We'll talk to you later. Cheers. Right. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Wow. So that was awesome chatting with Rich, finding out how he got into triathlon at a young age and his successes along the way and transitioning into ultra running yeah i like his stories and especially that injury he that broke just, basically half his body and then he says you know what this is bullshit i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna go back to corner and this is this is what i'm gonna do and that's nobody's gonna stop me which is at great. 40 at no 40. less yeah. which is not easy to do because you don't heal the same no but then now we transition to ultra marathons. Oh, we forgot to ask him if which one is harder. Oh, damn. That's right. Okay. Well, we're going to put that in the comments below and see. Who, let's ask him which one is harder. He'll answer that one. And then... Yes, Rich. So Ironman. Well, he's only done 100K, right? <laughs> only. <laughs> okay. Ironman or 100K? Which one is harder? On race day. Okay. Yeah. Cheers. All right. Ooh, that was quite the marathon. Thanks for listening to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Please visit us at gotarunracing.com for more information on our events or simply drop us an email at gotarunracing at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel to stream the video version of this episode. Oh, and if you like my voice, check me out at tylerherchuk.ca. T-Y-L-E-R-H-Y-R-C-H-U-K. Gotta run!